rising on an emerging generation of kings. Let's dive right into it. Can you tell me the biggest thing you've learned so far in our precious series? What's the biggest thing you've learned so far? Just let them point. Keep point. Quickly. Drop it. Drop, 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 drop it like it's hot, like the fire of God. What's the biggest thing you have learned so far? What's the biggest thing you've learned so far in this series? This is the fourth message in this series, and I'm grateful to God for the meet meetings because they're, they're proven to be so helpful. All right, let's go. What have you learned so far? Quickly, don't look at your notes. Just if you've learned it, it's on the inside of you. I don't necessarily need like the grammatical constructs. I just need to know what you've learned so far. I thought I was going. I thought the comments are going to be buzzing because everybody's like, "This series has been very helpful, very timely, very powerful." All right, Jimmy says, "Pressure is a necessity. It is not really about the pressure. It's about how you perceive it." Amazing. That's so good. Very good. Darius says, "The pressure is not what robbed you of your peace or provision." But actually, your focus. Yes, remember the example, the illustration we did on on Sunday, where I asked you to lift your finger before your eyes and focus on it, and then all of a sudden, all you could see was your finger, and you couldn't see the broad vista of possibilities right in front of you. Okay, keep it coming. Keep keep it coming. Keep it coming. Keep keep it coming. Keep it coming. Keep keep it coming. More, 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 more. I'm monitoring both platforms, so I'm on the lookout. All right, Kenneth says, God cannot use me in my current state. Thus, I must allow the transmission via the pressure. Glory. Okay, it's actually glory that is tapping that. So God can use you in your current state, but he can do everything he wants to do with you in your current state. Okay. Um, just to refine that presentation. So God can use you in your current state. Like, he used the donkey to speak to a prophet. He could use, right, he used the donkey to take Jesus into um, Jerusalem. He can use you in your current state. But there's a limit to what he can do through you, right? If I says, pressure has a purpose, persevere, and you come out fully baked, raring to go and to be a uh, Blessing, amazing, amazing stuff. Exactly. Danny says, God doesn't waste pressure, he invests pressure. All right, good, 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 good stuff. Let's go. All right, just to make sure that all of us are still on the same page, I gave us um, uh, an example last week, and I was like, or rather, a teacher last week, who's behind your pressure? Who's behind your pressure? I was said five people could be responsible, or there could be five possible sources of pressure who remembers that let's go what's number one who could be behind your pressure number one can you go for it can 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 let's start in order that family comes later but maybe that's the one that that you're really feeling <laughs> all right let's go for it from the top who could be responsible for your pressure god god can mount pressure on you he's moving you speaking you're holding you uh, or, or even humbling you. He resists the proud. God can even resist you as well. If you're being prideful, he can resist you as well. So it could be God. It could be who else? Tell us, tell us, tell us. 
it could be who else? Come on now, 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 come on now. Like, I want the comment section to be buzzing, buzzing, buzzing. After all, buzzing is on the call, so why can't we just be buzzing? Like, who else could be responsible for the pressure you feel? Bam, 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 The devil can be responsible for the pressure you feel. You can be responsible for the pressure you feel. Other people, others in general, family, friends, all of that. And the number five falls as well. Number five, a combination of all of those factors. Okay? A combination of all of those factors. Beautiful. Now, out of those five, if it's God that is responsible for your pressure, what do you do? We're going to send the first respondent with the right answer, airtime tonight. And it's God that is responsible. Admin, make sure you do that. And I hope that admin did what I asked them to do two weeks ago. Admin and welfare, did you do that? I said those who were at the call, at the end of the call, should get airtime. Did they get the airtime? Let me know, let me know, let me know. All right? So if it's God responsible for your pressure, what do you do? Beautiful. Bossy gets airtime tonight. You submit, you surrender, you obey, you yield. There's something missing in Bossy's response. Who wants to go for it? Who wants to get half credit tonight? Airtime. Maybe they'll not get the air, they'll just get the time. Inquire, come on. Pen down those names. Bussola and Bukola, come on. B-U-K and B-U-S. Book Boss. Bayeri University, Kano. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All right. Let's go. If it's the devil responsible for your pressure, what do you do? Fastest fingers first, airtime. What do you do? What do you do? If it's the devil responsible for your pressure, I told you what to do. Uh, half answer, half answer, Bukola. Yeah, Bukola. Oh, this Bukola's on fire. They get extra airtime. Come on. Timmy gets full airtime. Stand and resist. That's what you do. There is an inbuilt weakness in the devil. That weakness is he cannot withstand. See, they're asking with Tenio. That's why we ask you to put your full name or your picture. Okay? Tenio, Chef Ronnie. Okay, great. So she gets the full airtime. Stand and resist. That's what you do. Oh, did anybody respond on... Uh... <laughs> Google said, let's breathe underwater. That's a different part of the teaching. Okay, I'm looking at YouTube as well. That's what you do. Stand and resist. This is the, this is the deal. James 4, 7. Submit yourselves to the Lord, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So if you stand and resist, I will look at Ephesians chapter 6, having done all to stand, stand therefore. The enemy cannot last long under the resistance of the believer. Somebody type that somewhere. The devil cannot last long under the resistance of the devil. Uh, sorry, under the resistance of the believer. So it's not just standing, it's also you got to resist, you got to push back, right? Push back. Some of us stand, but we don't resist. So we keep standing in the battle, but the battles don't stop. We keep standing in the pain, but the pain does not subside. We keep standing in the opposition or against the temptation, but the temptation does not cave in. Why? You are standing, that's one part of it. But then you resist, you push back, you are offensive, 
not just defensive. Somebody give God praise for that. If it's you responsible, thank you, Tifa, for that. If it's you responsible, what do you do? What do you do if you're the one responsible for the pressure in your life? What do you do? What do you do? Now it gets tough now. Now it gets tough. Chidiman, thank you for writing the highlights on YouTube. What do you do now? If you're the one responsible for the pressure in your life, relax and what? Relax and reposition. Uh, Pilan says, sit and relax. No, you relax and re no, nobody gets a time for that one. Relax and reposition. Reposition your schedule. Reposition your calendar. There's something called margin. Most of us don't give ourselves margin. Let me tell you what margin is. If you have a meeting, let's say the meeting is scheduled, it's a one-hour meeting, it's scheduled for 7. And you set another meeting for 8 p.m. You have not given yourself margin. What, what it means is you're either going to rush to finish the 7 o'clock meeting or rush into the next meeting, right? So that gap for repositioning, for relaxing, most of us don't give ourselves that. So your life is back to 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 back and then overlapping. After a while, you start falling, either falling ill, falling weak, falling depressed, falling this, that, and the other. Because there is no margin. Are we here? Similarly, when it comes to your finances, most people don't have margins. So they spend everything. Um, they use up everything. Use up all your energy. So maybe like at work, use up all your energy. There's nothing for your wife or your children or your husband. Right? Or in the spirits. You've used up everything in ministry. There's nothing for yourself and your God. Your fellowship will come near. So all the revelations you have, you put it out in Master Life Teaching. I will get in there. Tag somebody. Tag that person and say relax and reposition. Tag somebody right now. Uh, just tag somebody. It could be a random person or it could be somebody that really needs to relax. You know, just take a chill pill so you don't freeze. Sometimes you've got to chill so you don't freeze. Margin, right? So have 15-minute buffers between, you know, after those margins, don't spend everything. Don't go everywhere. Don't do everything. Postpone certain things. It's okay. Right? Number four. Number four. If it's others that are responsible, what do you do? If it's others, I didn't say anybody tagging people. Who tag people and say relax and reposition. Relax and reposition. Let's go for it now. Relax and reposition. Governor B, is your wife there? Say hello to her. Give her a hug for me. Relax and reposition. Everybody else should I can't see in the comments tonight. Besides fact, you haven't seen you in, your, in the comments tonight. Ella Marsh, you've been quiet all night. Uh, Bring your phone, we haven't seen in the comments tonight. Idris, you've been AWOL in the comments tonight. If I got more like, I can't feel your brake lights in the comments tonight. Ogi Ophili, Olade, Bumi, I can't see you guys in the comments tonight. Alright, Viv, I can't see you. Tell her, Viv. Alright, beautiful. Now, if it's somebody else, okay, I've been molested on the road. Good stuff. Uh, be safe and arrive safely. Okay, 
Let me get to. All right. God bless you guys. Be safe. You arrive safely in Jesus' name. So if it's other people responsible for your pressure, for the pressure, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Beautiful. Timmy says, you've got to discern and decide. Beautiful. Why? You've got to be able to wait. Is this valid pressure? Right? Do I need this pressure? Some friends need to put pressure on you so that your potential can be maximized. Some people, the pressure on you, that they are mounting on you, is completely baseless. So you've got to decide what level of attention you give to it, what amount of resource you commit to them, and so forth. And for many of us, this is where we are really missing it. We're missing it in that we're allowing others mount pressure on us. So for example, somebody has a need, and the need, what's the need they have? They want to buy a phone. Now, you're using an Oppo, 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 Oppo phone, an Oppo phone, or a Tecno phone. You're using a Tecno phone. You are not using a high phone. iPhone, you're not using an iPhone, right? But your friends is like, ah, I'm raising money for my phone. You're like, this phone wants to buy, what do you want to, what do you want to buy? So I want to buy an iPhone 14. That pressure is not your own pressure. That pressure is their pressure. Are we getting the point? You are busy using your Windows computer and they want to buy a, a, a Mac computer. And they say, if you are really my friend, you must, you must to support me. Or you're using a Charles Delon wristwatch. I don't know if they still make that. Sir. Or a Swatch wristwatch. I mean, it's not that cheap and long, but Swatch wristwatch. And then the one of Philip Patek or a Mont Blanc or a Breitling. Come on. That's their pressure, not your pressure. So be able to discern. Are we, is this helping somebody? Be able to discern what's valid. Now, if it's a life-threatening situation, somebody needs emergency surgery, we need to fly somebody abroad, somebody has not eaten in three days and it's not fasting, we've not started SGQ, but the person does that, yeah. Then it's your pressure because then it's a matter of life and death. If it's a matter of excesses, if it's a matter of status, if it's a matter of glamour, if it's a matter that's not your pressure. <laughs> Are we here? Is this helping somebody? Let me know. Let me know. Let me know. Now, if it's you, or rather, if it's a combination of all of that, what do you do? It's a combination like the God is mounting pressure on you, then the devil wants to hijack that pressure to convince you that God is not good and then because of that harassment you don't feel good about yourself and because you don't feel good about yourself the people around don't feel like you're there for them so it's a combination of different things sometimes it's just a, a whole quadratic equation of stress and you need the almighty formula come on that's good somebody send that to me when life sends you the quadratic equation of crisis and conflict and contradiction solve it with the almighty formula Come on, come on, that's good. Even if you don't say so, I know that's good. Come on, somebody give me a witness. If that's good, when life gives you a quadratic equation of complexities, solve it with the almighty formula. And you can solve it with the almighty formula because you're God's baby and some babies drink what? Formula. And guess what? You're on the highway to your destiny like Formula One driver. Come on. And when God drives you, 
Nobody can stop you, not even Michael Schumacher, because your God is greater than Michael and is your shoemaker. I can continue, but let me let me just all right. Salah, salah. Have we read some one to one yet? <laughs> Come on, guy. <laughs> Let's go. So, so what do you do? So what do you do? What do you do? What do you do if it's a combo? What do you do? What do you do if it's a combo? <laughs> I'm seeing the comments. I'm sending guys a big virtual hug. What do you do if it's a combo? Hit me, hit me, hit me. Beautiful. Timmy is on fire today. Come on, Timmy. You pray and you sit. It does not mean you don't pray for all the other ones. No matter the pressure, you say, please let me just put it down. Every form of pressure is convertible to prayer. We need to write it down somewhere. That's powerful. Every form of pressure is convertible to prayer. Every form. Good, bad, ugly, not discerned, complex, from God, from people. Every form of pressure is convertible to prayer. But when it's a combo and you're not really sure what's going on, then you pray in a language. When you're going through stuff you don't understand, then pray in a language you don't understand until you pray through to the point where you can understand. And you can pray your understanding. So you, you pray and then you sift. So pressure from all sides, pray, blast and tongues. For about, and for many of us, you know, part of why many of us need to begin to pray longer is that your soul has become familiar with your tongues. So when you are praying, for some of you, you don't feel the fire until you've prayed 15 minutes. You don't feel the fire until you've prayed 30 minutes, 45 minutes, some cases one hour. Right? Not because your heart is not there. Is that what it requires to heat you up, what it requires to elevate the temperature, right? What it requires for you to navigate the realms is now more. Are we here now? That's, that's key. All right. Beautiful, beautiful. So we've covered all of that. Let me share my screen now. Let me share my screen now. Boom, 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 boom. Did the revision help somebody? Was the revision helpful? Did it help you? Did it help you? Tell me, did it help you? Right, beautiful first generation, the joy of the whole earth. Amazing. So we go now. Thank you, people. Thank you, PLT. I'm blowing PLT a big kiss. Mwah. All right. <laughs> Governor said the revision is going to have so it's own. Beautiful. By the way, Governor, we need to speak. We're going to have our first Kings Connect in Abuja the last weekend of November. So about a month from now, we're having our first Kings Connect in Abuja, right? So when it's getting the flyers out and they get a venue sorted, I'm not sure that we're doing a Friday night or a Sunday evening. Please, guys, you need to advise me um, when they talk about BN and just fun guys. All right? So if you have friends in Abuja, if you have loved ones, family members, people you served with, youth corps, went to law school with, uh, hopefully not out to law school, but guys, let's do this. We're going to have that in Abuja. It's going to be a monthly thing. And we're going to build that up till we plant in Abuja next year by the grace of God. Amen. So on Sunday, shout out to all of our island people on Sunday who came with the vibe and the energy. Shout out to the media team for giving us an unbroken experience on the island on Sunday. 
My plan is to be physically present on the island on Sunday before the service man has abandoned us. Right? We're going to mix things up as we progress. Sometimes I'll be there. Sometimes I'll be on the mainland. Sometimes I'll minister live. Sometimes another pastor or minister will minister as we go along. So, for all your friends who have abandoned the second service, tell them, come back, join in live, and let's build this thing. So, we went through all of this. Number one, we said, maybe the pressure is getting worse because you don't know why the pressure is getting worse. Number two, we said, maybe because we're using vanity metrics. This one, I think this one really helped a lot of people. Using vanity metrics to gauge your progress in life. And we looked at Revelation 3, 14 to 22, where Jesus said, you guys, you think you're rich, but you're so wretched, you're so poor, you're so naked. Come, let me give you the real deal, in it? Now we said, maybe because your theology is not in inaccurate or incomplete, right? So we looked at Hebrews chapter 5, verse 5, who in the days of his flesh cried with vehement cries and tears unto him who, is, who was able to him from death, yet was heard because of his godly fear. So we saw that Jesus himself went through intense pressure, and then... Um, that our theology must be broad enough to accommodate perplexities, complexities, unresolved conversations with God, ongoing experiences that we're exposing to the light of the word to draw our conclusions, right? Number four, we said, maybe because you often forget that this earth is not the ultimate place. So we looked at the coming kingdom, the new uh, heavens and the new earth, the new Jerusalem and all of that. Then we ended with number five, that maybe because God's hand is strong on your life. And we looked at David and saw the pressure. We couldn't really unpack the stories of David, but David was under tremendous pressure, right? Tremendous pressure. Pressure from amongst his brothers. Pressure from Saul. Pressure from the threatenings of Goliath. Pressure in the cave of Adulam. So much pressure, right? But he had a walk with God. And he was able to put pressure on the pressure. Somebody shout, I'm putting pressure on the pressure. We want to see if we can examine at least five more today. I have a long list. I should be all long. So I'm not going to tell you how many I have so that if I don't finish it, people won't be like, oh, I'll be to today, finish it. Because I want to start finishing on time, in it? All right. So today, we want to look at five more. Five, at least five more. If we have a bit more time, I'll increase it to seven or so. But at least five more reasons why the pressure might be getting worse. But embedded in my expose of each one is what you should be doing. Tools, handlebles that, you know, uh, think sharp. So maybe the pressure is getting worse. And guess what? Because you don't give yourself enough grace. Anybody guilty of this? Maybe the pressure is getting worse because you don't give yourself enough grace. You make a mistake, you ring it to yourself over and over and over and over again. You amplify your weaknesses, you inflict your vulnerabilities, you exaggerate your errors, and in your head, one small mark you missed becomes a mountain you can't seem to get over. Come on. I feel God on this one. God is on everyone. Don't let me do that african-american thing come on i feel god here now god has been here okay right and and it puts you in a mood it puts you in a fix it puts you in a state it puts you in a zone where you are not useful to yourself you're not useful to other people you're not useful to god 
And in some cases, you're not even very useful to the devil. Why? Because you don't give yourself grace. Look at what Jesus says. It says, love your neighbor as yourself. That means that you are not excluded, watch this, from the responsibility you've been given to love mankind. You are not excluded from the responsibility you have been given to love mankind. He says, oh, no man, nothing but love, including yourself. That's my addendum. My addition to it. I'm not into the word and expatiating the implications of it. Right? It says, love your neighbor as yourself. Do you love yourself? I'm not talking about the, the worldly self-love that is gratifying and caters to nonsense, right? I'm speaking about having a healthy appreciation of who God says you are. Respect yourself enough to love God because God respects, because God loves you enough to let you know that he loves you. Beautiful, I can see a team lead posting a message on their group saying, why are you not on the call? I'm telling you, people need to be on the call. People need to hear this. People are suffering from guilt, condemnation, self-harassment, self-negative self-talk, self-abuse, self-inflicted pain. So now maybe somebody raped you, violated you, attacked you, robbed you five years ago, seven years ago, eight years ago. The person is, in some cases, some of those people are even dead. But some of us are allowing the trauma inflicted on us by the dead rule our lives whilst we're here speaking. So you're immortalizing the mess that was caused you by somebody else. And you blame yourself. Maybe I shouldn't have been there. shouldn't have dated them. Shouldn't. Yeah, you, you learn the lessons, right? But then you get the blessings. Because there are blessings in the lessons. Are we here? Do we get it? This is very important. Now, I wish we had enough time. If we had like an extended Bible study day, and one of these we should have an extended Bible study day. We should have an extended Bible study from morning till evening, 12 hours on Zoom. Maybe we'll take some breaks in between and just look through the Word of God. But when you look at the book of Jonah, right? It's a long story about God speaking to Jonah. Verse 1, Jonah 1, verse 1. Now the world came to Jonah, the son of Arutai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Verse 3, but Jonah arose, where are my scribes? Verse 3, but Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, and there's a place in my town, in my hometown called Ijoppa. So the first time I experienced, I, I looked at the scripture, I said, Joppa, Ijoppa, he went down to my village. I was joking, anyway. Right. He went down to Joppa and found a sheep going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. See that now. He did not give himself grace. God said, go to Nineveh. He went to Tarshish. He was going in a completely different direction. The triangle was completely different. He was trying to get as far away as possible from where God told him to go. Now, this is the deal. If you are going to go anywhere, you might as well go where God is sending you. Why? Because every journey will cost you something. Joining where God intends will cost you something. Joining where God did not send you will cost you something. 
if I will cost you more. So he was not even going to try. He asked me, me Arch. He was not even going to try. He was just like, man, <laughs> let me just run. He didn't even give himself the grace. Now, later we'll discover why, because that's going to be the next point, really. But look at what the word says. He went, he fled, he ran. In other words, he gained motivation in disobedience. He ran, then he went down. Then he found the sheep. Now means he conducted research. Now all this diligence was applying in the wrong direction. He just needed to say, God, I don't want to do this thing, but I receive your grace. I give myself grace under God to be able to do exactly what God wants me to do. And there are many of us who are whining instead of winning. Come on, not could preach. Somebody send me my notes tonight. We're whining instead of winning. We're premeditating things that may never happen. And we're giving them life in our conscious minds. In our subconscious and conscious minds. Whining. So we're replaying things and pre-playing things. So there's replay, there's play, there's pre-play. Now, the reason many of us seem slow in the natural world is that we keep rewinding in the mental world. You keep rewinding in your mental world. You keep going back and going back and going back. Of course, listen please. Occasional visits to the past can be valuable. But obsessive meditation on the past is often harmful. Occasional visits to the past can be very valuable. References are important for preferences. But repeated meditation on the past is oftentimes harmful. Yes, the reason some people are slow. Someone send me this stuff, man. Send me my notes. The reason some people are slow in the real world is because they keep rewinding in their mental world. So no matter the speed they gain outside, it's being neutralized by the regrets of the past, the issues of the past. Please, let me tell you this. Leave your past failures alone. God does not determine your future success based on your past failures. Even a car, car designers are wise enough to give you a small rear view mirror and a big windscreen. Big windscreen. Small rear view mirror. And those rear view mirrors are for references. One in front at the top is not even directly in your face. It's at the top. The one to the right and one to the left. It's for perspective. To be able to see potential issues that could affect you in the future. Give yourself grace. Oh yeah, you were the sister's coordinator. Sister's coordinator. And then you lost your coordination and found yourself on a bed that was not coordinated. The only thing that was coordinated was the color combination. And before you knew it, sister's coordinator, sister's cord, cord, sister's cord, they put a cord around your neck. Before you knew, you could tell the color of the boxers. And the boxers boxed you and kept you in a box. God said, if you moved on from that, you confessed your sins, you came to me, I already forgave you. I like the way nobody is talking to me right now inside this comments now. Because... Nobody ever made any mistake. Nobody ever took what they should not have taken. 
everybody's like, hey, who was the sister coordinator in Futa? In you, in you, in you, the lag. <laughs> I can just see what I'm saying. Yeah. So, so give yourself grace. For by grace are you saved. Let me let me say something. So, for by grace are you saved. That's Ephesians two, right? Eight. Grace are you are you saved through faith. What it means is, if you were saved by grace, now whatever you are struggling with in your life right now, you are still going to be saved from it by grace. God didn't say, I started out with grace, now go and complete it with your works. In fact, that's why Paul said to the Galatians, all ye foolish Galatians, have you started out in the spirit and you want to end in the flesh? Have you started out in grace and you now want to finish up with works? Isn't it, isn't it, it, it can't, can't work like that. Yes, Jay, that's a good one. Philippians 3.13. Press forward. Press forward. Press forward. Stop consuming your future by dwelling on your past. Feed your future by learning from your past. Feed your future by learning from your past. All right. Number seven. Do we get? Do we get? No. Okay. Well, let me. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me milk it a bit more. A bit more. When you go all the way to <laughs> when you go all the way to Jonah chapter four, right? Scribes, if you can help me, if you can help me, uh, go to John chapter 4 from verse 1 to maybe like, like 6, you know, let me, uh, let me stop there. Start the book of Jonah. The book of Jonah will show you many things, especially if you're struggling with God, even if you're dealing with this Japa thing, should I Japa or not, your motives are going to be purified by some of those things. And some people need to travel, like I've said, but many people that are traveling have no business traveling. That's just the truth. But some people need to travel. How do you know? Ask the one who made you and the one who sent you. Jonah chapter 4 verse 1. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he became angry. What? What displeased Jonah? Do you know what displeased Jonah? People got saved. <laughs> People got saved. He preached eventually after the fish swallowed him. Spewed him right where he should be. Went to the city. He, he preached. People repented. God used him to deliver the whole city. But Jonah was angry. I'll tell you that next point. But Jonah 4 verse 1. But this was Jonah exceedingly and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? In other words, that if I participate with someone, I don't want them to be saved. Punish them. Set down fire upon their heads. He said, Therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know. Look at this now. For I know that you are a gracious and merciful God. You are slow to anger and abundant. See, people make it seem as if God has temper tantrums and God has anger problems and God cannot wait to catch you doing wrong. Hey, I got it. Ooh. God wants to catch you doing right. He doesn't want to catch you doing wrong. So Jonah knew all of this about God. He said you are slow to anger abundant love and kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Look at what he now said in verse 3. Please, can, can somebody just see how ridiculous we get when we don't give ourselves grace? See how ridiculous we get. Just see how ridiculous we get. What did Jonah now say? Jonah said, I don't need your good love, Jonah. 
Here's what Jonah said now. Jonah said, now Mr. Arch says he needs a knock. Well, do you know what on this call? I'm being Jonaic. Being Jonaic right now. Do you know what Jonah said? Verse 3. Somebody put verse 3 there. He said, therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Are you okay now? I like the Bible. The Bible is refreshingly honest, candid, transparent. Now, Jonah was a prophet. He still turns out to be a prophet. His life turns out to be one of the greatest metaphors. Jonah is one of the three or four prophets that Jesus quotes. Jesus quotes Moses. He quotes David. He quotes Isaiah. Thinking of the other person he quoted. And then he quotes Jonah. Not only does he quote Jonah, he said, Jonah's life is a metaphor for my life. So even in Jonah's life, he thought it was just about himself. Jonah was a prototype. Come on, I feel the glory of God over me right now. Jonah was a prototype of the purposes of God, of the agenda of God. Are we here now? As Jonah was in the belly of the fish, for three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be in the belly of the earth. So Jonah, your life was a miraculous, a picture of the miraculous resurrection, the redemptive grace of God. And you're saying I should kill you. Jonah, for me to kill you would mean that after I brought Jesus out of the grave, I will kill him again. Come on. I feel a preach coming on, even though it's a teaching. Jonah, do you not know I'm not a God of the dead, I'm the God of the living. And when I brought you out in a picture of redemption and resurrection from the belly of the fish you are never gonna die that way again because jonah you represent every believer that you died with jesus you are raised with jesus and by the graciousness of the resurrection your life becomes a witness in every space in every territory come on somebody shall give yourself grace i feel like preaching now i feel like having a microphone in my hand but i don't even need a microphone i have the word of god somebody shouted Give yourself grace. You don't get it right all the time. Jonana, I mean, look at what you're trying to say. See, that's what many of us say. God, I know you are, you are of abundant kindness, so you're a loving God. But cuckoo, kill me now. Cuckoo, scatter my life now. Cuckoo, don't ever use your words against the grace of God. Never use your words against the grace of God. Your word was seasoned or supposed to be seasoned with salt. Your tongue should be a, an amplifier for the grace of God on the inside of you. Your word should amplify God's grace over your mind, over your space, over your walk, your environment, over your family. You said, let your words always be seasoned with souls. Another one says with grace. In other words, every word in your life should be yea and amen. If God says it, I am it. If God has promised, he will do it. If I'm one on my way, he will not leave me. I'm not alone. Sometimes we have no words yet recall. Once we are speaking, you will answer. Are we hearing the word of God tonight? Woo! Manakia said, this is good stuff, man. This is good stuff. If you haven't shared this, share it. It's not too late. Share it, people. Share it, share it, share it. Somebody needs to... Let me move for time's sake. Point number seven is very closely related to that. It's still about Uncle Joe. 
Give yourself grace. And number seven, maybe because you don't give others enough grace. Maybe that's why the pressure is getting worse. Maybe you are expecting from mortal men what only an immortal God can do. Maybe you are still holding somebody in unforgiveness. Because that was what was happening with Jonah. Because he was not giving himself grace. He couldn't extend grace to other people. It's difficult for you to give others what you haven't given yourself. It's difficult to help somebody make a million naira if you haven't made it several times yourself. It's difficult for you to minister to somebody if you don't have times of personal devotion and meditation. It's difficult for you to lay hands on the sick and the recover if you've not applied the healing power of God over a circumstance in your life. It's difficult for you to demonstrate generosity if you are not generous on the inside of you. It's Are you seeing that now? So you've got to give yourself grace and out of the outflow, the overflow, the deep sea, that wellspring of life. He said, if you knew who it was who said to you, give me a drink, then you will ask of me, come on, and my water in you will become a springing, springing like what? So the grace of God is supposed to be a spring that comes from the inside of you. It's not trickles or droplets that let me just give them some grace. No, it's out of the overflow, the bubbling brook of divine presence, the eternal river of God from the throne of God, spilling and Splashing all over. Come on, somebody. I feel glory. He said, just, just end it now. That's what he said. See, somebody shout, I'm gushing with grace. Oh, no, my God. idea. We need to, we need to do a share for white paper merch. Gushing with grace. Lavished in love, marinated in mercy. Come on, humanaya, sigabakusha. Oh yeah, I'm go. I'm gonna do those t-shirts. Just wear them. Gushing with grace every day. Come on, come on. Just imagine it. One of the pictures that God has used to really enrich my understanding of Him, apart from light, is water. And it's a gushing, it's a flow, it's a spring, it's an outburst, it's eternal. Awa maridi, awa a maridie. We can find the source. That means that we can't stop it. We can break it. It's this eternal, blissful, bountiful blessedness. Who feels the anointing of God right now? Feel glory all over the space. Now, here's the good thing about God. When this guy is doing all his temper tantrums and shenanigans and stuff, Look at what God said to him. Verse 3, he says to God, Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. What are you saying? You know what Jonah was saying? This is an exaggerated, and I'm sure that, I, I'm not sure, but I think that Jonah must have been extremely melancholic, right? Because can I make eulogy for goodness sakes? People got saved, they're like, just, God, just take my life. This is, the Nigerian version, this is the Jonah version of the Nigerian expression. I can't watch this. Can't see it. Oh, no. That's, Jonah could not stand to see that this hideous Ninevites, let me talk about Ninevites for those who might not be familiar with that. These guys were wicked. They were cruel. They were, they were, more they said more than cruel. They would rip babies out of their mother's wombs when they go to war. They would pillage cities. They would chop and maim. So, Jonah had good reason in his carnal nature, in his Adamic nature, first Adamic nature. So he said, no, no, this kind of people should not be saved. And why should I be the one 
that will now rescue them from the, from the judgment they deserve. But that's grace. Grace elects people you don't like. That's grace. Come on. Okay, can I talk right now? How many others people you don't like, but you know God is with them? Can, you, can anybody just be honest enough? Say, this guy, I don't really fancy you. <laughs> but, but I can't. I mean, like, God is with you, man. This girl, some of them are your bosses. They are cantankerous. But somehow, you know that, you know, this was happening in this business space. God, God is here, somehow. So you don't fight grace. You align with grace. You celebrate exactly that. You celebrate grace. So it doesn't mean you like everybody. But it means you adore the God who decided to smear a dimension of himself on them without consulting you. Without, you know, it's easy for us to say, God can promote me without consulting anybody. That's right, and it's true, but God can also promote other people without ever consulting you, putting your feelings into consideration. Why? His purpose is superior to your feelings. So what is to bow is not the purpose of God. What is to bow is your feelings. <laughs> Oh my, if this is good, let me know it's good. If this is helpful, let me know it's helpful. If this is, yeah, 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 just let me know. So see now, verse 4, God then says to him, Then the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? God is like, Is it, is it okay? Trust the fact. See, see, Jonah, do you know that you coming out of the belly of a fish after three days and three nights? There's a lot of theological argument about it. Some people are convinced, me, I belong to a theological school that says that Jonah was actually dead. But there's some people that argue and say, no, he was not dead. He was just preserved. I don't know how he can present belly of fish for three days. I don't know. Without oxygen mask. I don't know. But either way, whether he was dead, that means he resurrected. If he was not dead, that means he enjoyed the kind of grace that possibly no other human would ever enjoy again. Because you are in the middle of digestive juices, gastric juices that have high impact toxicity, a multiplicity of toxins are inside the digestive chamber of the whale. You could have grown deaf or dumb. A part of you will become dysfunctional if you're in the belly of anything. Fish, cow, ants, snail, and balumo, the belly of anything for three days and three nights, you cannot be normal. If it, skin burns, thank you very much, Milan. Like, you just... Let me stop sharing so you can see what I'm displaying. Right? You come out of that stuff. That's what you do. Like, then you go have seaweeds inside your mouth. This is not Chef anything. Chef is not definitely not Chef Rex or Chef Ronnie. This is Chef Ronnie's stomach. This is Chef what? Chef seaweed. With rocks and all that thing. So the point is, God said, Guy, is it right for you to be angry? <laughs> Chef Tilapia. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's so funny. Right? <laughs> Chef Tilapia, wow. He gives a point now. So is it right? For you to be angry that God promoted somebody else that he didn't like. Is it right? Check on. Take a run on. Check on. Because you know there were times you didn't qualify for things. 
You see that? So give other people enough grace. So what did God do in spite of all of that? The word says, So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. Then he made himself a shelter and sat under it in the shade till he might see what would become of the city. So he was still hoping God would do something. God asked him a question. He didn't reply. He said, right. He didn't reply. He went out of the city and was watching to see whether God is just about to set them off for destruction. Maybe fire will fall on them like Solomon Gomorrah. Do you know what God did in verse 6? And the Lord God prepared a plant. Oh my God. God is too, God is too good. Not, maybe not too good. God is so good. Two means it's too much. And the Lord God prepared a plant and made it come over Jonah. You know what it means? That means that where Jonah sat, I, I want to see this because I feel like shouting now. But what it means is where Jonah sat, the plant was not even growing there. Maybe the soil there was not going to support the growth of the plant. Because the Bible says God prepared a plant, then he made it come over. Some of the people that have six there, he made the plant come over Jonah's head. God was showing Jonah again. I did in the NKJV. Okay, it's also an amplified classic. God was showing Jonah again that even when you sat, you sat inside heat. You didn't even have enough anger to situate yourself in the place of coolness. God was showing Jonah again that my grace does not just preserve your life, it preserves your sanity. It keeps you cool under the heat of life. I'm going to plant a garden or a plant that you have no business growing. And I'll take that plant and make it come to you. Let me promise you something. Let me promise you something. If you enter the flow of grace that I'm ministering to you today, you start seeing miracles happen around you. When you wish people well from the depth of your heart, and you seek for ways to add to what God is doing in their lives. I promise you no lie. It's one of the stories of my life. You will see miracles. You will see increase. You will have sweatless victories. But if you sit under the sun. And you keep complaining. You will not even see God when he's around. Sometimes the pressure in our life. Is that we're so abs absorbed with ourselves. And we're not discerning. And honoring. And supported the expressions of grace in other people's lives. Ooh, I, I, let me ask, can you can you handle a few more? Or should we close with this one? Can you handle a few more? Should we close with this? I want to see if I can do at least three more. Let me. All right, good. Number eight, if we can get to ten, we will get to ten. Number eight, see this now. Maybe the pressure is getting worse, sir, because you are comparing yourself to others and are competing with people who may not even care or know that you exist. Some of us are actively engaged in a competition that only exists in our own minds. Why do I feel like this is a global teaching? Why do I feel like I need to turn this into like a manual video series and stuff, just how people I just sense that kind of stuff. 
So help us, help us now if you can help us with a scripture second Corinthians Kavubalaya Sabadina Sinkratovas Sikilabash. Lord, I thank you for grace that has been released over this house. Grace has been released over this house. Grace has been released over this house. I, I see you. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I sense that some of you in your rooms right now, the temperature just dropped. It became cooler. It's like the heat over your life was just snuffed out. I see by the ministry of the Spirit a release of coolness. Not spiritual coldness, but comfort. Comfort. Second Corinthians chapter 10, 12 to 13. Somebody give it to us in different translations, please. See, competition is a part of the human nature. The human nature is so like, let's compete, let's compete, let's compete. We like to race. Human nature. So I'm trying to see. Uh, Okay. All right. Okay. Now look at what it says in the NKJV. For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. Those who celebrate themselves. I'm doing a good job on all of that. It said, but they measuring themselves by themselves. That's one. So they are their own assessors. They are their own analysts. They are not allowing other people give them feedback, perspective, coaching, mentoring, instruction, supervision, fatherly oversight. They measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. You see that now. We, however, will not both be unmeasured, but within the limits of the sphere which God appointed us. Oh, my word. Why are people trying to get better in things that God did not call them to? Why are you trying to get better at something that is literally none of your business? None of your the Bible does not say says that a man who's diligent in every business. It says says that a diligent that a man who's diligent in his business. It says, look at a sphere, but within the limits of the sphere which God appointed us, a sphere which especially includes you. I know who I'm sent to. You are one of those I'm sent to. For we are not overextending ourselves. As though our authority did not extend to you. For it was to you that we came with the gospel of Christ. And Elton says, oh, don't worry. We wouldn't dare say that we're as wonderful as these men or these other men who tell you how important they are. But they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard measurement. How ignorant the will not boast about things that are outside our area of authority. We will boast only about what has happened within the boundaries of the word God has given us. 
which includes our working with you. I feel like the scriptures are liberating by themselves. TPT, of course, we wouldn't dare to put ourselves in the same class or compare ourselves with those who rate themselves so highly. They compare themselves to one another and make up their own standards to measure themselves by, and then by, and then they judge themselves by their own standards. What self-delusion? We're not, we are not, understand, putting ourselves in a league with those who boast that they are superiors. We wouldn't dare do that, but in all this comparing and grading and competing, they quite miss the point. We aren't making our religious claims here. We're sticking to the limits of what God has set for us. Listen, no matter how great you are, and thank God for some of us who are multi-gifted and who are powerful and who are intelligent, God has given every man limits. In fact, God has given everything. He created limits. The tree has a limit. Not every tree can go everywhere. The birds have a limit. Not every bird can fly in the same stratosphere. The fish have a limit. There's some waters. There's some waters that not that, that some fishes cannot swim in. The whale will not be found in the canal near your house. He has limits. That some fish cannot be in estuarine water. They have limits. Now, anything, see, if God created anything without limits, then that means that that thing would be another God. Because only God is completely limitless. His boundaries cannot be defined. He is infinite in his magnitude, the infinitude of his magnitude, of the pulchritude, humania kabata of his exactitude, the dimensions of God. They are completely mind-blowing. No mind can assess them. So God will not create another God. Because why to create another God will mean that that other God needs to be limitless. But limitlessness is an infinite quantity. Am I getting philosophical? But I know you, you're smart. You're smart, you can follow. We get it. We get it, get it, get it, nah, nah. Get it now, get it, get it now, now, get it now, 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 it's not because it's trying to hate you. Not at all. Ever, ever at all. But when you read that 2 Corinthians 12, let me see if I'll see the quick one. Oh, let up us time. Let's go. So you see that 2 Corinthians 12, where it's explaining all those things? Hmm? Sorry. Uh, what does read the 2 Corinthians 12? 10. When you go to St. Corinthians 12, right? St. Corinthians 12. From verse 1, read all the way, all the way, all the way to verse... Uh, read it the whole chapter. But it began, it says, I know a man about 14, 14 years ago was caught up in the, in the heavens, the third heavens, where in the body, uh, out of the body, I do not know what the things that he saw, no man is allowed to alter and all of that. Then, he now said... Of such a one, verse 5, I will boast. Yet of myself I will not boast, 
except in my infirmities. For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will speak the truth. But I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be, or hears of me, hears from me. So one of the ways in which God gives you, or one of the ways God gives you minutes, is so that the tendencies of people idolizing you will be reduced. The tendency of people idolizing because now you have one gift that everybody's already excited about, celebrating you about. Some people have already started turning you into an idol in their hearts and in their lives. Verse 7, Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord. How many times? Three times. That it might depart from me. Look at what it said. See what it said. Give yourself grace is what it said. It said, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. So look at what Paul then says. Then Paul says, therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities why that oh manugaba that the power of Christ may rest upon me? Ask almost any pastor, ask almost any preacher, ask almost any pulpiteer, and they'll say to you, It is the grace of God. Many pastors, if they had their way, they will never stand on the stage. Either because they are shy, or because they have a past, or because they, they feel that people are better qualified than them, or because they have a magnified version of their own vulnerabilities. But God said, no, the way it works in the kingdom is that when you come to the place where you acknowledge that you're too weak, then my power rests on you, and you can have results that are beyond your attitude, and your aptitude, and your exactitude, and your pulchritude, and your this, and your that, and your service. When you learn to yield, obey, release, support, supply, submit, then grace comes in. Problem is, many of us are saying, I don't need grace. Now, you're saying, I don't need grace, not by saying, I don't need grace. You're saying, I don't need grace by not acknowledging your faults, your weaknesses, your failures, or acknowledging the work of grace in somebody else's life. And not just acknowledging, deferring to it. Because grace, watch this, is attracted to people who recognize it, who honor it, who multiply it, and also to people who recognize that they need it. Is that, is that good? Is that good? Somebody shout grace. Somebody shout grace. To show you the limits of that God placed on Paul. You know when you're praying certain prayers, some people say to you, Google said, I love this one. Chilima said, check out. Right? You know, some people say to you, the reason you've not got an answer to your prayer is because you didn't pray long enough. Are you telling me that Paul didn't pray long enough? Paul said, I prayed three times. Now, those three times are not. God, remove the thorn. One. God, remove the thorn. Two. God, it's not African magic. It's not a Yoruba movie. When Paul said, I pray three times, he's saying, I took out seasons. I took out time to pray on three occasions. And God said, no, I'm not changing that one. Some people say to you, oh, because you are praying legalistic prayers. You're praying mosaic prayers. You're not praying, praying Pauline prayers. Paul, that gave us Pauline prayers. Prayed prayers and God said, mm -mm, This one, you will not win this one. I know what I'm doing. 
are we getting this now? Of course, another time we're going to teach on prayer. The next one is and how to get prayers answered. How to get answers to your prayers. Okay? So I'm not trying to weaken anybody's prayer life. <laughs> I'm not trying to weaken your prayer life. I'm not trying to create doubt. I need to be careful as a shepherd to make sure nobody gets the impression that if you don't get prayer, then just leave it. Uh, get us a prayer. No. There's persistent prayer. You drive. Paul said three times. There's a reason for three times. But in the order of the spirit, who knows? Maybe if you had prayed four or five times, maybe God would have then adjusted something. Right? Maybe. But see, it was not the thorn that won. It was God that won. It was not the thorn in the flesh that won. It was, it was God that won. Paul, don't forget, what did I say? When it's God that's mounting pressure on you, what do you do? What do you do? When it's God, what do you do? Surrender and inquire. That's what you do. So Paul got to hear why this one is not, is not the devil. This one, God is involved because me, Paul, I'll pray for something two times. It won't happen. Me, I'm going to give the church, give to the church their biggest sermon outline ever. My thinking systems under God, my Christocentric centric software is so updated. IOS eternity influence of the spirit for life there will be the 2000 years they are still unpacking my letters alright so God does that and when you compare yourself to other people you don't know their dealings with God now some of us compare ourselves to other people some of us compare ourselves as apples to other apples but some of the time not all apples are the same so you're a pastor, you're a pastor. Not all pastors are, are the same. You are a business person, a business person. Every time they're testifying billion, billion. You, they're testifying million, million in debt. Not all apples are, are the same. Even potatoes, you said small potatoes. Some are Irish, some are sweet. Some are a four-color potato. Ijebu potato, ekiti potato, nyora potato. But then, so the fact that your pastors, are you pastoring in the same city? Did you start at the same time? What was your upbringing? Some of us are comparing people who are age. But you see, your age mate is not always your stage mate, right? Somebody can be your age mate, but they're not at the same stage of life as you. So you, you are a first generation convert. Their father used to be Orioke Prayer Mountain Coordinator. The grandfather was the person that brought religion and Iwasu to their village. The one before that was the first lay leader. Like a catechism. Nigba on Equa Shosh. Ijomimo Anglican. So they have four generations of compounded grace. You now want to kill yourself. Then their great 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 grandfather, the one before the Ijomimo Anglican. That one's father was not fully saved, but was partially in church. One leggy, one legger, one legger, one legger, one legger does. There are many things about people you don't know. So you now take the one you know and be saying, God, but look at her. What do you mean? What's the solution? Are you doing your best? Are you pouring yourself like Paul as a drink offering? This is what I've come to learn about any life that God uses. Any life that God uses, the ultimate value of that life can never 
be discerned within the earthly experience of that life. Because every life does not just witness harvest, every life is a seed. So it is what then happens after your death. Let me not get into legacy issues. But is this helpful? Number nine. Let's go. Okay, now, so not all apples are the same, but in some cases, guess what? Some people are not even comparing apples with apples. Some people are actually comparing apples with oranges. Your apple is orange. <laughs> They're orange. And I'll say, what are you saying? Apple will bite you, will express sweetness. Orange will bite you, smell with sakmalari. Will enter our nostrils. We can eat you raw. Your seeds are not to be swallowed like that. Alright, anyway, those who expand the rest of your mind. Number nine. Maybe the pressure is getting worse. Why? Why? Why do you think the pressure might be getting worse? Maybe you have exaggerated expectations. Right? Maybe. Bogus. Bogus desires. False burdens. And aspirations that are not from God. It's possible. Don't count that out. A case study is Moses. Moses, he got issues. Someone should give us Exodus 2, 11 to 22. Basically, what's happening here is Moses senses a God thing. So, like, for some of us, we sense that God is going to use us in certain ways, maybe in the pulpit and all of that. But it's a false burden because that burden has not matured. We haven't exaggerated, ex exaggerated expectations. We've done business for six months and we're expecting 10 million. Right? We've taught people, we've discipled people for just a month and we're expecting them to look exactly like Jesus. Even Jesus took 30 years to grow to become the Jesus everybody now knows and loves. But you've run a master life training, two cycles. They are not getting it, they are not getting it. Master life people should, you should be getting it though. But maybe, well, somebody is saying send link. But my WhatsApp is not because the person listened last week, you see now. Well, thank God it's on, on this thing so they can watch it later. Master life people, you too, you should be getting it. But the Bible says, wait patiently. There's this chap. Sorry, guys, one moment. It is well. Now, look at what it says in Exodus 2, 11, 20, and 21. Now it came to pass in those days when Moses was born that he went out to his brothers and looked at their burdens. He looked at their burdens and it became a false burden. Now, the burden was real. But Moses needed to mature in the things of God to be qualified to lift that kind of weight. Let me just say this now. Some of you, you are starting projects that your soul has no training to sustain. Your soul has no training to sustain it. You can do an event. You can do a workshop. You can do a webinar. You can, and you do it, but you do it with so much strain, so much pressure, and after it might be like, I'll never do it again. It's possibly because 
you are trying to have in a certain form now what God needs time to develop through your life. And you are now putting yourself under undue tension and pressure. And God is like, my burdens are light, my yoke is easy. So which kind of yoke is this that is breaking your neck, twisting you like this? You are not a snake boy, any smutty like this. People are not giving me energy in the comments again. Let me know if it's you I'm talking to. Let me know it's you. Let me know. If you don't want us to know, just say, hey, yeah, now wow, okay. God of mercy. <laughs> so he saw the burden of his brother, and then look at what he then did. Then he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew who was angry, one of his brethren. So he looked this way. And that way, like uh, Mr. T said, I look when I'm about to download a new song on stage. But Peter has look this way and look that way. But me, I don't kill people. Amen. So look this way and look that way. And where are we now? Who's giving us the wrong scripture? I'm looking for Exodus 2 in the chats. Exodus 2, I had four deaths in Genesis. It's Exodus 2, I'm looking for. Alright, so then the word says, He saw an Egyptian beating a hero, one of the words, so look this way and look that way. When someone, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out on the second day, now, wrong move. Definitely, Moses had never seen that series, How to Get Away with Murder. Never seen that. And had not watched Blood Sisters for sure. Right? Even though he was sent on that mission with his blood brother. But here's the deal. How you, you kill Tony, not bury the person in the sand. Sand. One wind you just blow. Foo, 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 Moses, see, see. What you bury? That, that sounds like Nollywood. Okay, old Nollywood, by the way. So he killed hit him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two Hebrew men were fighting. And he said to one who did the wrong. Why are you striking a companion? Then he said, Who made you a prince and a judge over us? So watch this. Moses, we discern. You are a prince and a judge. These guys are Egyptians. They don't know the plan of God. But you know how somebody will look at you in a mechanical chair and say, Pastor, even though you're not ordained, they can sense it. The ordinance has been released into the ecosystem of humanity. So even people that they just say, ah, you, you look like a prayer warrior. Prayer warrior, yeah, prayer warrior. they don't know. But Moses, they didn't make you a judge and a priest over us. Some of us are taking on assignments over people that are not our people. You just then mentoring somebody. The mentorship has not even lasted two months. You're now seeing this person my spiritual son. On our coin lesson, what he gets. A friend is not your son. Sons and daughters prove themselves over time. It's a follower, it's a, a student, a fan, an admirer, admiree, crushy, hopefully not fantasy. 
See, who's made you a prisoner, a judge? You're a prisoner, a judge? But you're not a prisoner, a judge of me. It's a false burden. A God impression that is being carried out the wrong way. Some of us are facing that pressure. You're scoring yourself in an assignment and a test that you set for yourself that God never intended for you. And because you're doing that, you are feeling weak, tired, drained. Now, let me just tell you something under God. I do a lot by the mercy and grace of God. But I don't feel tired often. That times my body is like spent, right? But my soul, my mind, I'm not weary. Because I'm doing what God has sent me to do. There's self-sustaining, there's a self-sustaining supply that comes with your assignment. If I ever go into a season where I'm getting weary at that, I'm going to take a retreat to inspect whether I'm still doing what God sent me to do. And by the way, it's not the results that show whether you're, uh, whether you're doing what God sent you to do. One of the first things that shows you that you're doing what God sent you to do is an internal peace in the middle of all these storms and distractions and discouragement and weariness. It's just like solidity and groundedness. Not the only sign, the many signs. Look at what it said. Then it said, Who made you a prisoner and a judge of us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? So Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. Let me just tell you something. The grace and mercy of God ensures that not everybody who knows your mess ever gets to talk about it. So there are many Ashojus. In other words, there are many things that you do that you're not supposed to do that people know about, but somehow God just kills it, or your leaders just ignore it, or people just don't talk about it. Right? Just perspective. So Moses feared and said, Surely this is known. When Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian and is sat down by a well. And then you know the rest of the story. Good things are happening. So even in your mistakes, what do we get this? Is this helpful? The final point for the night. Final point for the night. Please, oh, whoever that person is, show up as mute themselves. Let me see if I can do it from here. Just mute everything. Sorry about the distractions. It was good stuff, people. Final point for the night. We'll continue on Sunday. Maybe the pressure is getting worse because your appetites exceed your assets. Now, there are things I say sometimes jokingly in messages. And some of you, you try to be listening beyond the jokes. Beyond the banter, beyond the wit, beyond the humor, try. Just do your best. Let me say it again. Some of you have no business right now using an iPhone. I can tell you that for free as your pastor. Now, I'm not going to judge you. If I see you with an iPhone, I'm not going to judge you. I won't. But there are certain things that once you begin to use or you begin to buy, what you have told people is, I don't need money. I'm not under pressure. I don't need help. I don't need support. What you've also told yourself is that you are not responsible enough to be able to structure your finances in a way that delivers superior Of course, if somebody gives you the iPhone, best the iPhone can be butter, honor, 
prophet's offering, oh, my pastor, my minister, my team, my team lead, and all of those kind of things. Of course, yeah. But there, I'm just an iPhone as an example. It's not the only thing. When it comes to things, let me tell you what. Things, perishables. Oftentimes, buy less than you can afford. When it comes to legacy, destiny, eternity, spiritual seeds, um, land, property, investment, stretch yourself. Stretch yourself for those things. Eternity. Oh, my, my church, my spiritual gathering. Oh, I want to do something for my pastor. Stretch yourself for those things. When it comes to car, bag, hair, perishables, phone. Don't stretch yourself. Don't kill yourself with those things. Food. Those things are... Those things are easy. Easy. So let's look at the scripture. So it's not just uh, experience talking. Scripture. Guys, let's close, man. What is the scripture for this one? Do we have it somewhere? Do we have it somewhere? I think I wrote it somewhere now. Didn't I? I wrote it in there. All right. So let me just give us very quickly. Proverbs 21 verse 17. I see you guys on YouTube. Jerry, good to see you. Cheating man, loving the energy you're bringing on there. Bottle on massage, good to see you again. Bukola uh, Kitola Gogs Kenakoga Give us Proverbs 21 verse 17 Let's wind this thing up <laughs> God have mercy upon that <laughs> That's good That's good That's good Sing them now Give me different versions Teacher God bless you and your generations He who loves pleasure Will be A poor man As clear as it gets This is not. I'm telling you now. See this now. He will lose pleasure. We will poor. I don't need to check your bank account, but you like atheism. You know what atheism is? Somebody help with the English language for that. You will be poor. Now he didn't say he who loves pleasure and does not make money. No, he who loves pleasure will be poor. Make money, you'll spend it. Why? Your appetite will grow with your income. If you are not disciplined, your ability to consume and to ruin your collective wealth will be amplified with your exposure to new material. So I trained myself a long time ago to never spend it all. Never show it all. Never buy it all. It's the train. You can train yourself. Have more in the unseen realm. Unseen realm spiritual and unseen realm your investment ecosystem should be broader and bigger than your active daily life. There is a wisdom to never lack money. Uh, well, go and listen to portions again though and then attend any seminar host on money making or anything like that or any other good teacher out there. This is the system. Most people just love pleasure too much. Love pleasure too much. Any small thing, you already, any small thing, I need a break. Any small thing, you're eating out with the friends. Any small thing, you're taking a flight to Potakot or Abuja or Dubai. Any small thing. You've never like really exerted yourself 
worked really hard and it's a bad rain and it's a bad rain and it's bad to bad to me. You didn't pampas me, you pampas. He who loves pleasure on the poor will be a poor man. He who loves wine and oil will not be rich. Will not be rich. Hannah's translation, well, the ones who posted the message, you are addicted to thrills? What an empty life. The pursuit of pleasure is never satisfied. NLT, those who love pleasure become poor. Those who love wine and luxury will never be rich. Warren Buffet is living in the same old, same old house. You get why? Mark Zuckerberg, Steve Jobs, great turtleneck, great t-shirts, great, not great, great turtleneck, great t-shirts, blue jeans. But somebody must have that shoe in all the available colors. They must have it. In all the available colors, they must have it in pink, baby pink, pale pink, fuchsia pink, arrow pink. Green, they must have it in gray, green, blue, green, emerald, green, sea green, okra, green, spinach, green, kelebe, green, 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 pear, green. Maybe that's part of your pressure. Oh, I don't have my, I don't have my check. I told you, go print out the last three months and check. Some of us have got to a level of discipline. Me, I don't have to check every month because I check every day. <laughs> in a way, I don't check it every day. Like, what's my, my, I query everything I'm spending money on. And a bulk of my money are in those two dimensions I've told you about. A bulk of my money are in eternity. So, sewing in kings for the work in the house, given to members of kings, given to pastors, ministers, orphans, strangers, Widows, invisible, and then real estate, treasure bills, stocks, some forex, some crypto. <laughs> My people, let's close this meeting. What's next? What's the next one? What's the next one? Proverbs twenty-three verse twenty-one. Drop it like like it's hot. Proverbs twenty-three twenty-one. Final one that we pray and go. Yes, now can I be green? It will do green safety. Kuli kuli brown. Lakma lakma white. <laughs> then let me progress. <laughs> oh my lord, please don't. I'm just going to have another so see this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Verse 23, verse 21. See what it says now. Oh my word. <laughs> 23, 21. Uh, did, did you see that? God, no. This is, okay. This one says, For they are on their... Did I say... No, no. That's not the one I'm looking for. Come on, see what I say you should look for. Is the one twenty three twenty one? Is the one that says that the gluten, the glutton, and the uh, the wine drinker? Where is it? Have you guys seen it? Hope I didn't give you the wrong one. I don't know. 
Okay, see what it says now. For the drunkard and the glutton, 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 the T silence, silent, and the glutton will come to poverty, and drowsiness will close a man with rags. The one who is drunk, now of course, is literal in this text, the person that drinks and drinks and drinks, he will lack sound judgment, and the one that eats and eats, it gratifies himself too easily. His whole body is blocked down at the weight of gratification. But to apply it metaphorically is so correct, does not do violence to the text. When you get easily drunk on one level of success, drunk on one level of achievement, drunk on one level of recognition, so drunk on that level that you can see the future, you are getting to poverty gradually. You're on a train to poverty, maybe even a private jet, not you, some the person who does that. So for drunkards and gluttons will become poor and drowsiness clothes them in rags. Do not carouse with drunkards or feast with gluttons. For they are on their way to poverty and too much sleep clothes them in rags. Kenneth Flexer, the Message Bible says, Oh, listen, dear child, become wise. Point your life in the right direction. Don't drink too much wine and get drunk. Don't eat too much food and get fat. Drones and gluttons will end up on skid row in a stupor dressed in rags. They will make the wrong decisions. They pamper themselves too often, gratify themselves too quickly, congratulate themselves too many times. And so when the world is moving on, when the metrics are changing, they can't even notice it because they are so absorbed in this self-gratifying, lavish party that they cannot afford. And before they know it, they're at the bottom of the barrel. No skills and no energy and no grace. But that's why you're pointing in the name of Jesus. As we close, I proclaim a release of grace over somebody's life. How you feeling? How you feeling? Tell me how you feeling. Bottle close. How you feeling? Tell me how you feeling. How you feeling? Tell me how you how you how you how you how you feeling. Someone says it's been high opening, reflecting. Some of you will listen to this again. Those will be playing it tomorrow on the way to work or tonight. Take notes. All right, Ella says she's feeling cool and grace, PLC says. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you for the word that you have poured into our hearts, for the light you shed upon our paths, for the instrumentality of your wisdom, your divine dictates, so real, so, so rich, so fresh, so illuminating, so liberating. But I thank you because we are not deaf. I thank you because we are not goats, we are sheep. The word says, my sheep, they hear my voice, and the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. So Lord, I pray for my spiritual sons and daughters and friends of the house who have connected with us via technology today. Lord, I ask that not only will the truth of this word be multiplied in their hearts, but that the grace of this word will be multiplied in their lives in the name of Jesus. We will not be theological technicians who form through the text, but will be life carrying spirits who illuminate the world not only with the words 
but with the weight of the wisdom and the manifest reality of the divine intelligence in our daily dealings, our decision-making, our step-by-step approach to life and relationships and graces and honor and people around us. Help us, God, not to be embroiled in competition and rivalry and negativity and envy and jealousy, but to be buoyed on your wings, to recognize grace and to honor it, to recognize the grace in us, in ourselves, and to be able to partake of that grace personally and share of that grace and distribute it across the world. Lord, now I pray for anyone who has a spiritual barricade, barrier, hindrance, huddle, obstacle, any limiting belief, mindset, orientation, any toxic point of interface, anything that makes them a danger to their world or a disturbance to their space or a liability of stuff. I break it off their lives now in the name of Jesus and I release grace upon every situation. I release grace upon your heart, upon your mind, upon your soul, upon your finances, upon the works of your hands. Somebody raise your hands wherever you are. I release grace upon your hands that you are lifted above struggles, you are lifted above pain, you are lifted above shame, above reproach, above confusion and the pressure now comes under the pressure of the revelation that you're walking in right now. You are free not only to survive, you are free to succeed, you are free to increase, you are free to thrive in the fullness of all that God has been concerning you. This we proclaim with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. We have prayed. Somebody shout amen right now. Give him praise where you are. Holler at the top of your voice. Amen and amen. Please share your testimonies on the group. Share your testimonies on the group. Uh, let's encourage one another. Share two things on the group. Your testimonies and your action points. Which of the points are you going to work on? Thank you. I see all those things. Love you guys. Thank you for all the salutations and all the appreciation. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love you guys. Sending you bigger. Hey, Pastor Joshua Banjo is with us. Great man of God. Honor you. Honor the grace of God upon your life and the amazing work you are doing. Um, you know, being, yeah, yeah, we need to catch up anyway. Good to see you. Bless you guys. Bless you. All right. So get to it. We have a meeting with the tribe leaders in five minutes. The tribe meetings tomorrow will last 75 minutes. The tribe meetings tomorrow and the mass life meet meetings. 7 p.m. to 8.15 p.m. Okay? Um, so we're having a meeting with the tribe leaders soon after this. But that's going to be another meeting link. So try those who have those who've been appointed <laughs> tribe leaders. And many of them are shocked. Like, oh, I knew, I knew, I knew. Right. Uh, <laughs> grace. Give yourself grace. Grace of any women. Love you all. We're going to end the stream right now. Giving you a big, let me, let me stop this here and give you a big hug. Big hug! Receive it now! Receive! Woo! Oh, thank you. All right, that's it. Bye! Generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org. And send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing. Someone you know needs this. Kindly share this now.